Thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nvplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. And the, uh, the title of this series is Detox. Detox. And even though it's, it's going to be a short series of three uh, weeks, I believe that there's so much content in this series that we are, uh, can take more than what we are going to share in three weeks. Uh, detox from toxic thoughts, toxic emotion, and toxic words. Those are the emphasis that we are going to have for the next three weeks. Today, I will present you with toxic thought. How to flush out the junk for good. And the main point for to, today's message is that if you have a clean mind, you will have a clean life. If you have a clean mind, you will have a clean life. Let me ask you this. If we were to display your thoughts in the projector or monitors, what will they reveal? Whenever you enter your workplace and you see that co-worker or that boss or that client, um, what will that monitor reveal about your thought? When you are with your in-laws, when you are with that annoying uh, neighbor, uh, what will your thought reveal about yourself and about that situation? Well, let me begin by saying that we all have toxic thoughts. Every one of us. Some more than others, but we all have, have had a crazy thought in our head. Some of you are having it right now. Thought of self-esteem issues. Whether it's low self-esteem or pride. Lost thought. Hateful thought. Toxic thought sounds Something like this. I look fat. I'm ugly. I can't do this. I don't have the money or the resources. I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. I don't know how to do it. I can't. I've never done it before. I will never be successful. I will never have a meaningful relationship. Everyone hates me. Everyone is staring at me. Everybody talks on my back. Whatever you think, it is true because your perception of yourself becomes your reality. It doesn't have to be the reality of other people that know you, but it becomes your reality. And then you start acting the way you believe is your reality. Our life is shaped by our thought. Stephen Covey, in his famous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, wrote this. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. 
by this statement, we can conclude that everything begins with a thought. A thought is a seed that when sought will produce some form of harvest, positive or negative. But let's go and find out what the Bible reveals about the way we need to deal with our thoughts. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Paul explained to us the following. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Whatever you put into your mind, that is what going to drive your actions. Proverbs 23, 7 the wisest men that have ever lived taught us this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Everything you are, everything you will become is determined by the thought that govern your mind. If you think that you are good for nothing, that's what you are going to be. But if you thought that in the power of, of God and because of the purpose that he has in your life, you can achieve more than you ever thought you will achieve, that's where you're going. Last Sunday, we heard from, from Pastor Choco and he told us there's no limit to what you can do in the power of God. The mind is the battlefield. That is why people with mental illness has grown so much in the last years. The devil fight us in our mind. He will attack our family. He will attack our health. He will attack our finances in order to create chaos in our thinking. That will produce anxiety, depression, guilt, lust. Low self-esteem, pride, arrogance, and the likes. I've been in church long enough to have heard pastors preaching from the pulpit and saying, Christian people do not go to psychologists. Christian people do not go to psychiatrists because we have the mind of Christ. Let me tell you that I'm a pastor and I have, I have issues. I have had issues with my mind because now I understand that that is the battlefield that the devil uses. But for so many years, we underestimated that area of our lives. And we were more prompt to ask for prayer because our heart, we had heart problems. We, we came to the altar saying, I have problems with my uh, digestive system. I have problems with my articulation. But whenever someone came and said, I have problems with my uh, thought I have problem with what I thought with my mind. I have issues, mental issues. And, 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 and I know, and I'm not going to underestimate that there are uh, uh, mental problems that come for many, many, many uh, uh, situations. But also, we have to acknowledge that the devil uses that area of our life to get control of our life. 
The enemy attack our minds, placing thought that are meant to distort and destroy us. The first thing he does is to question your identity. He did it with Jesus. Do you think he's not going to try to do it with you? He told Jesus, if you are the son of God. How many times we have been faced with the same questions? If you are the son of God, if you are a servant of God, if you are a daughter of God, you shouldn't be going through what you're going through. If you really are a daughter of God, if you are, really are a son of God, why has he forsaken you? He's not hearing your prayer. You've been praying for the same thing five years and he hasn't answered. Are you really think that you are a servant of God? Yes, I am. Because I am not a servant of God or his son or daughter because what he can do for me, but for what he already did for me in the cross of Calvary. He places doubt on your future. Saying, God will not do what he has promised. And that's a lie. But some of us believe it. Because we are so vulnerable to whatever comes our way in our, in, in, in our minds that we are so easy discouraged when the devil attacks our minds. The devil try to remind you of your yesterdays. The pain, the hurt that you have endured And some of us go back to that place and stay in that place in our mind. That's what he wants us to do. But God is asking us to go forward, to forget what was behind us and move towards what he has for us. But the devil attacks our mind and reminds us of our yesterday. And we go back to the pain and we go back to the hurt and we go back to the, to, to the mistake. That's all in the battlefield of our minds. That the enemy fight us by sending us all kinds of thought, negative thought, fearful thought, or destructive thought. The Bible said, the enemy came. The devil doesn't have to let me know that he's real. The Bible already told me that he's real. The Bible told us he came is a reality. Don't underestimate the reality that you have a spiritual enemy. It's the devil. He came. And the Bible also tells us his, his agenda. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. It's a reality that we face every day. But the Bible says in the second part of that verse... That Jesus also came. And that Jesus came so that we can have life in abundance. Therefore, the purpose for which God came, Christ came, knows the purpose for, for which the, the Satan came. And we have to understand that. Yes, is a reality. He wants to kill us. He wants to destroy us. But Jesus Christ came for us to have life. 
Ephesians chapter 6. It's such a powerful verse in the Bible because it tells us about the armor of God. And when you read that chapter, you learn that this is a battle, a continual a continu battle that we face every day. And for that, we need to have the armor of God. Being a Christian is not like being in a Disney cruise. Being a Christian is like being in a battleship, uh, in a battleship. But some of us are so, uh, 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 um, we feel so, 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 so joyful when we are here in the church and, and, this, and hearing this uh, worship, this great worship team that we have. But there's more than Sunday, than this Sunday experience. Everybody here during this hour and 50 minutes or this hour and a half is a victorious Christian. But what happened once we leave this place? That's when Christianity had to sink in. That's when this word had to, have to be productive in our lives. We need to dress with the armor of God. Ephesians 6. I'm, I'm only going to highlight three of them. The Bible says, take the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. He's constantly sending us arrows to our mind of thought, of negative thought. The Bible said, use the shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? When you read the Bible, when you expose yourself to the word of God, faith grows in you. That means that you need to be exposed to the word of God so faith can grow in you. And every time he sends you a negative thought, you are willing, you are able to distract, destroy them. Number two, take the helmet of salvation. The helmet protects your head. Your mind is part of your head. The Bible is telling us In a metaphoric way, protect your mind with the, with the truth of the salvation. You are saved by grace. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you, you, you make. You are saved by grace. That is why his mercies are new every morning. But, but the devil wants to think. Want us to think that because we made a mistake last night, we have lost our salvation. But Jesus Christ said, I am here to offer you grace. I am here to offer you salvation. I am here to, to forgive your mistakes. Take the shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the word of God. The sword of the word of God. Of God. That's what you need to fight this battle, this spiritual battle, battle against the devil. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 is another powerful verse that I want to share with you today. This is Paul telling the Philippians, this is a good church. This is a, a, a great church. They love each other. 
They're a good congregation. Many people wanted to be part of the, of the church of Philippi. This is a great letter. It's not a letter of, of, of condemning something that they're doing wrong. It's a letter to encourage them because they are, have the joy of the spirit, the joy of salvation. If you read that letter, that's what you get out of it. But at, one mo at what point he writes to them, he gives them a warning and he tells them, do not be anxious about anything. Say anything with me, anything. Do not be anxious about anything. I know you want to tell it to the person that is next to you. Go ahead and tell it. Do not be anxious about anything. If it's your spouse, she will forgive you if you take it to eat. Do not be anxious about anything. Tell her. Tell him. Not, not even about me. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If I allow anxiety, if I allow negative thought to govern my mind and my heart, I will become a mess. But if in the process, hallelujah, of receiving those negative thoughts, I come to the presence of God and I pray and I cry out to him and I give him thank in the process. I, I, th 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 this is so, so mind-blowing. You are going to present your need, but at the same time, you are going to thank for everything that he already have done in you. That, that could sound insane for so, so, so many people. It's, the image is this. I bring my needs to the Lord. And without yet seeing the result of what he's going to do, I give him thanks. We are used to give thanks after we see the result. The Bible says, when you bring your needs to the Lord, anything and everything that is, is, is producing anxiety in your life, when you bring that to the Lord, give thanks because he already is working on your behalf just because of the fact that you trusted him with your anxiety and your problems and your need. Hallelujah. Here is my need. Thank you, God, because it's already done. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding. <laughs> you know what, that, what kind of peace is that? Jesus, he was sleeping in a boat. There's a storm. And we all know how a storm looked like. This past week, our state was devastated. The panhandle by a storm so so we know the images of, of a storm he's sleeping in a in a fishing boat uh, uh, and, and 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 there's a storm 
And beside the storm, there are 12 men crying like ladies, like little girls. <laughs> we're going to die. We're going to, oh, oh my God, we're going to die. We're going to die. And he's still sleeping. Some of us can stand our alarm clock going off. And he is hearing 12 men screaming, ah, we're going to die. And, and, and the boat, and the boat is going like this. I remember one time I bought a, 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 a cruise for me and my wife. And, and I told her, I got you the, the perfect gift, a, a, a cruise to the Caribbean. And she said, but we don't have money for that. And I say, I only paid $300 for it. Really? $300? Yes. I'm a good negotiator. When we went through the, to, the, to the ship and we asked for our room, it was in the front and in the bottom. Everything we felt that in that room. $300. What do you want? And we were sick the entire cruise. Fifth, 16 years passed until I convinced my wife to go back into a cruise. And you know what? What was her first question, right? How much did it cost? <laughs> So here is Jesus in a boat. Water is coming in. Twelve men are screaming next to him. And he is still sleeping. The Bible said they had to wake him up. That is the kind of peace that transcends all understanding that he wants to give you and he wants to protect your heart and your mind with that kind of peace when you give to him your needs anything that is producing anxiety in you you give to him and at the same time as you give it to him you say thank you lord Thank you for what you have done. And right there, and right there, it, it, the process of having that kind of peace begins to control your heart and your mind. Taught are triggers. A thought is so powerful, it has the ability to alter your feelings, your emotion, or even your attitudes. We can relieve an experience from our past, an image of something we went through, a smell, a sound, a song, going through a street, looking at an image. It can trigger negative thoughts of bad experience that we had. Experience or feelings that we had at that moment. We can remember vividly certain experiences which can produce joy or sadness depending on how we felt about, about it during that moment. And that is why God wants us to pay attention of what is controlling our thought process if it's a toxic talk we need to get rid of it but how 
can I know if it's a toxic thought? Because I always thought this way. Who tells you which one is a good thought and which one is a toxic thought? Thank you for asking. Because all of us have toxic thought that we don't know that are influence, influencing us in a negative way. But how can I know if it's a toxic thought in order to get rid of it? We need to align it with the word of God. That's the filter. The word of God, the purpose of God for my life needs to become the filter of my thought. David knew this reality. And in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, he writes the following. Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting there are thoughts that we know that are toxic and if you don't get rid of them it's your decision It, it will become eventually a problem. But there are thoughts that we don't know because no one had, has um, um, confronted us. Or we don't have a point of reference to see if it's good or not. And that's what David is struggling with. And he said, you know what, God? I'm sure there are things in my mind and in my heart that... Do not please you. You search me. You let me know what I have to change in my life. Guide me. Lead me to the everlasting path. I don't want to die because I am being toxic, intoxicated for what I have in my mind and my heart. Clean me. Do help me. Search me and let me know what I have to change. Because you know what? And bear with me. God will not. God will not. I'm going to repeat it a third time. God will not change your mind for you. This is something that you must do yourself. We think that God has to do everything for us. And the Bible teaches us that what he did on the cross is, is enough and he has given us uh, tools and, 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 armas, 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 and weapons for us to do things in our life that don't uh, 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 please God. But we justify our actions because we think That God has to change my mind. 
You know, you know why when, when that Friday I was in that corner, uh, in that dark corner with that girl, you know why we ended up having sex? Because you didn't, you didn't uh, uh, change my mind of what I wanted to do with her. And if, if you didn't change it, that means that, that, that you were okay with it. You know what, God? I, I have not uh, been able to, to, to stop drinking because every time I see a, 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 a bottle of, of, of liquor, uh, I, I try not to think about it, but I keep thinking about it. So if you have not changed my mind and my thought about drinking, that means that, that it's not that bad. Because he will not change your thought for you. You have to change it yourself. Now you have a truth in front of you. Now you have a, 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 um, God's will and purpose for you. You have to filter your actions and your thought through that truth. He, give you, he gives you the tools and weapons But he won't do the work for you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 4. 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 4. The weapons we fight with. Are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Imagine that you go and become part of the armed forces of this great nation of ours. And they give you the weapons that you need to fight the enemy. And in the middle of the, of, of the battle... With all the weapons and all the training that you have, you stay there and you call your commander and say, can you fight for me? That's what we do with God. He has given us the word. He has given us the truth. He has given us the, 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 the weapons. He has given us the tool. And we are there doing nothing and saying, God, Fight for me. And God is saying, I have given you everything you need to fight for yourself. I will give you the strength. I will give you the, the, the power and the authority. But you, there are things that you have to do for yourself. Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your wardrobe, hairstyle, music, by the renewing of your mind. Something about the mind is so concerning for God that he has given us all these Bible verses about how to deal with our mind and with our thoughts. Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove 
what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But we don't enjoy the perfect will of God. And we think the will of God is, is boring and is, is not for me. Because our mind is not set with the purpose of God. It's not aligned with heaven. It's aligned with this world. And then you think, my Facebook account is not as exciting as the Facebook account of my coworker who doesn't go to church. I only post Bible verses. I only post the worship on Sunday. And I see his or her uh, 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 Facebook beach and, and, and they are having fun in the, in the disco and they are drinking and they're having so much fun. And then your mind wants to align to that lie and then you 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 think that that to do the will of God that I don't want that for me God says the will of God is good it's perfect it's always perfect it's good for you it's a blessing but unless you align your mind to the perfect will of God to uh, to his mind you will not enjoy it And that's, that's why we have believers that on Sundays are here, but from Monday to Saturday, want, they want to live the vida loca. We don't control the thought that enter our minds, but we do decide what thoughts stay there. Stop entertaining the toxic thought that are destroying you. We have three to five seconds window to accept or reject a thought. The longer a thought lingers in your mind, the harder it will be to get it out. That is why I thought in my discipleship class last month that there are two types of sanctification. When you come and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you automatically experience a, a transformation immediately uh, sanctification. Meaning that now you are a property of God. Now you are not looked at as a sinner, but you are looked at as a uh, repentant sinner. And if God comes in that moment, you will go to heaven. Or if you die in that moment, you will go to heaven. But then there, there is the other, the, the second part of sanctification or the other uh, uh, meaning of sanctification, which is, which is progressive. That progressive sanctification means that All those thoughts that have governed your life or that uh, 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 um, thought that have lingered in your mind for so many years, now they have to go away and be substituted with new thinking. And that takes time. That takes discipline. That takes brokenness. If you know Someone that has been, that has gone through a process of detox from drugs. It's not a walk in the park. 
It's very difficult. The body don't, doesn't want to let go those uh, uh, toxic that have kept it for so long. And some of us have been in a toxic relationship, have been uh, 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 sustained by toxic thought, and it is difficult for us to let them go because we are afraid that we, don't, we, we won't uh, find something that gi will give us stability. Toxic relationship and toxic thought can send us the message that we are stable, but we are not. At some point, the bubble is going to blow up. And you need to come to the realization that only God, Christ, is the rock, the immovable rock, the solid foundation where, where you need to be. Many of our toxic thought have lived within our minds for so long that they have become strongholds. Many prisons within our minds. But, this, but 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Do you hear that? It says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. When that thought that tells us that nobody loves us wants to linger there, you take that thought and you bring it captive to the obedience of Christ and you say, Christ loved me because he paid the price. Hallelujah. When that thought that says you are alone, everybody has left you, you take that thought and you put it under the, the obedience of Christ and you say, Christ said that he will be with me every day until the end. When that thought comes and said, you are not cut off for this. You are not smart enough. You are not strong enough. You haven't finished your, your education. You take that thought and you put it to the obedience of Christ. And you say, I can do everything through Christ who strengthened me. We must replace negative thought with positive thoughts. We must replace a fearful thought with a bold thought. And we must replace a destructive thought with a life-giving thought. So how do we get rid of toxic thought? By, by feeling it. By filling our mind with, 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 with the great things that God has in store for us. What do we fill our mind with? We watch. You know what? We always watch what we eat. Everything that goes through our, our mouth, we watch it. Whenever you see a chicho, I don't know how to say chicho in, in English. Whatever you see, translate for me, please. Whenever you see a chicho out of place, you say, mm, I need to go back to Panera. Soup and, and salad. Whenever the, 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 the holidays are approaching, we get into the diet because we want to be ready for it. When summer comes, we want, to be in, uh, we want to get into a diet because we want to use that, that uh, um, Speedo uh, that we bought. In our last 
um, garage sale that we went through. When whoever buys a Speedo in a garage sale has a toxic life. We always watch what we eat. But the same way we watch what we eat to preserve this body, we need to watch what we feed our mind with. We feed our mind through our eyes. We feed our, our mind through our ears. What are you hearing? Who are you hearing from? What are you see, watching? What are you ex exposing yourself to that is feeding your mind with toxic talks? We must become proactive with the content that we watch and that we read and that we listen to. Toxic relationship will feed you with toxic uh, conversation. Get rid of them. Come, I need to finish. <laughs> When I go to Joshua chapter 1, I see there a therapy session for Joshua. Joshua comes, becomes the leader of the people of Israel with taxed thought that were created there because he was comparing himself with Moses. Maybe your taxed thought about yourself is because you're comparing yourself with that sibling of yours that have had the perfect life. Maybe you are comparing yourself with the daughters and son of your uncle and aunt. Oh, they are all profession, professionals. They have not gone through a divorce like I did. Look in the mess I am. Maybe you are comparing yourself with people that are your co-workers and they like to boast about what they have done. Maybe half of the things that they boast about are lies. But you are comparing yourself with them. You are comparing yourself with the images of, of, of people that comes in the, in, the, in the medias. And you say, I don't have the abs. I don't have the sick pack. I just have the, the two liter in my belly. I don't know. The game of comparison is, is making you create toxic thought. And that's what happened with Joshua. He said, I will never amount to, to, to the statue of Moses. He was an excellent leader. How can I uh, uh, substitute a, such an excellent leader? And God needs to take Joshua in, into a therapy session. Joshua chapter 1. If you read that chapter, you will understand what I'm saying. In verse 6 and in verse 7 and in verse 9, God has to tell him, be strong And courageous. That's all you need to do. But I don't know how to lead people. Be 
strong and courageous. But I don't have the, the wisdom that Moses had. Be strong and courageous. I don't speak more than one language. Be strong and courageous. I don't have his, his staff. Be strong and courageous. The same way I was with him, I will be with you. And if you go with me to Joshua 1, verse 8, and I'm going to close with this. This is what God tells Joshua. Do not, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. How many of us are meditating in the, in the book of, law, of the law? How many of us are meditating in the words of life? The, the, the words of life that are in this book? Or are you meditating day and night about that situation that is producing anxiety, depression, and toxic thought? Joshua, forget about how great was Moses. Focus on the word of God. Do not let this book out of, uh, of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, and only then, you will be prosperous and successful. How, what can we do to get rid of toxic thoughts and bring in new thoughts? Number one, be filled with the word of God. Be filled with the word of God. Number two, declare it. Don't, don't, not just read it declare it share your story with someone this week share your story with someone hallelujah as 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 you share your story you you become more more confident in what god is doing and what he has done in you and what he can do in you and through you declare it and number three listen you need to be aware of what or who you listen are listening listen to things that will cause you to think about possibilities rather than disappointment. We need to surround ourselves with people who speak life into us instead of death. If you hang around people that are always critical, you will eventually will possess the same mindset and attitude. Surround yourself with people that will elevate your thinking. A clean mind equals clean living we are responsible for renewing our mind God is not going to do that for us you have to do it for yourself hallelujah renew your mind expose yourself to the word of God declare it we must become proactive in feeling feeding our mind with the right things and we will experience a detox in our mind and eventually in our life. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.